All right. Hey, I'm back. How are you doing today? God is a good God. You know what? I really, uh, last night I was talking to my wife. By the way, thank you for having me, Jeremiah. I appreciate it. And I was talking to my wife last night, uh, Sharon. She's from South Africa, and I was talking to her, and I said, you know what? I'm really looking forward to ministering here at Grace Point today because, you know, I, I'm just really looking forward to it. And I believe there's a sweet spirit in this house. And there's some places that you got to go and you got to explain yourself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some places you go and, and you got to, it's like plowing the concrete because there's no foundation. There's no, nothing in common. It's like coming to a campfire and I got to dig the pit, put the rocks around, you know, make the fire ring, bring the hot dogs, the marshmallows, the lawn chair, chop the wood, make the, you know, all that stuff. Well, when I come here, all I got to do is bring my favorite stick, hallelujah, because the marshmallows and the hot dogs and everything is ready to go. Amen. Amen. And I like that. I can just jump in and hit the, hit the ground and running. Hallelujah. And uh, yeah, God is good, you know, so what I'm trying to do is figure out what I'm going to talk about today. If you will, let's start talking about, let's turn to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. Usually what I would do is I would impart uh, a message on speaking in tongues and uh, not going to do that today. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12 and we're going to talk about mind renewal and what it looks like and what it is. And what it isn't. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Now I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, uh, what is uh, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what I did is I began to read this one time. I spent some time praying in, you know, praying in the spirit, speaking in tongues, and you know, talk about the importance of uh, praying in the spirit in the or in the and speaking in tongues in order to receive revelation. How many people know that the the Bible is a book of death and a book of life? It can produce death in you and life in you, all depending on how you read it. If you read if you read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, it's going to be a book of death. If you read the book with the Holy Spirit, it will be a book of life. And, and what we do is in, in today's world, we got people that are trying to separate Jesus from the scripture and they're trying to sep- or they're trying to separate the scripture from Jesus. Back in the day in, in John chapter five, what the Jews were guilty of is they were trying to separate the scriptures from Jesus. And you cannot understand the scripture without Jesus and you cannot understand Jesus without the scripture. They're both married together. We got people that say, well, I got a relationship with Jesus, and I don't need the Bible, because they never had a Bible. You ever hear that under the grace camp? Some of the people say that. They never had a Bible. Well, yeah, they did. It was called Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And, and if you'll do a study, you'll be surprised at how many, how many Old Testament verses are referred to or quoted within the epistles. I believe like the book of Romans has 74 Old Testament verses quoted in it. The number one book that in the Bible that has the most Old Testament references to it is the book of Revelation. 479 or I believe 490 maybe something like that uh, Old Testament references to it. 
So how many people know that maybe part or the key to understanding the book of Revelation is comparing the Old Testament verses with the way they're quoted in the book of Revelation and using them as commentary to one another. So this idea that I can have a relationship with Jesus without the word of God is just, it doesn't agree with the word of God. Or that I can understand the Bible without Jesus. You need them both. Amen? And, and the Spirit of God is here to lead us and to guide us into all truth. He's here to guide you into truth and show you things to come. John chapter 16, verse 13. He's called the Spirit of Truth. And John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them according to thy truth. Thy word is truth. He's going to lead you into the revelation of the Word of God through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what he's going to do. He's not going to tell you. So, so the Spirit of God is like a river. Everything the Spirit of God does, everything the Holy Ghost does is like a river. And how many people know that every river has two banks, right? That's the way it works. Is that the way it works in Kentucky? That's the way it works in Ohio. Two banks. Amen? And the two banks of the river of the Spirit of God, the voice of God, spiritual activity are these. The, writ, the written word of God, the scripture, and Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do anything that violates the written word of God or the scripture. And the Holy Spirit will never point you to anything else other than Jesus. Amen? So if, if, if there's some kind of idea or some kind of voice or some kind of doctrine that subtracts from Jesus, turns you away from Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit. If there's any, any, any uh, voice that will, would violate the clear uh, commandments or the clear revelation of the Word of God, amen, then it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never give you one interpretation of a verse that violates 25 verses. If your interpretation of a verse violates 25 verses, your interpretation of that verse is probably incorrect. Amen? And what we need to do is major on what the Bible majors on and minor on what the Bible minors on. So as you begin to pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will pray. You'll, you'll receive revelation. And, the whole, and you'll begin to voice activate the revelation and the power and the knowledge of God in your life. Amen? Well, I was. I, I lied, okay? Turn to Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let me show you this. I think we need to do this. See, what we do is, is uh, 1 Corinthians 14. What we do, and, and I'll get back to mind renewal, maybe, all right? We're just, we're just driving around the block. Oh, that's a good place to park, right? Is that okay? This is what prophetic people do, amen? I can blame it on the prophetic, right? <laughs> we flow, Glory to God. We flow. Hallelujah. We drive the teacher nuts sometimes is what we do. Because the teacher, they want structure. They want line upon line. So am I driving you nuts, Grant? Okay, just a little bit. I thought so. Grant out there, he's going. He's about ready to have a nuts. Holy cow. He's all over the place. But anyhow, what, what happens is as we begin to pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to, you know, activate what needs to be activated. God has given us a supernatural language called praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. And speaking in tongues is a grace. And under grace, what's going on in the grace camp today is it's not that the message that is being preached is incorrect. It's that it's incomplete. And we're preaching grace with the intent of having affirmation. And grace will affirm you, but grace will also transform you. 
And when we're just, when we're affirmed in our behavior, God loves us the way we are right now. Ain't that great? God is not waiting for a better version of you. God loves you the way you are right now, but he also loves you enough not to leave you the way he found you. Amen? And grace is much more than affirmation. Grace is the power to transform. And there are two Greek words for the word grace. Amen? The, number, the one word is charis, and that is great. That is a general grace. General grace. And then there's charisma. And charisma can be translated as a specific manifestation of grace. Amen? Well, one of those charismas that we received are, when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, is the gift of speaking in tongues for our personal edification, our personal growth. It is a great, we didn't earn it. Hallelujah. We didn't, it's a gift to empower us to take possession of everything that God has provided for you and I in Christ. It's an empowering grace. It's a gateway grace, if you will. And what the Holy Ghost does is you, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth and show you things to come. It means it's a salvation, that salvation, the gift of righteousness, everything that, that has been done and accomplished at the cross is so big that without the Holy Spirit, we cannot make heads or tails out of it. We will mess it up. The natural mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit because they're foolishness unto him. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. Amen? And God supplied a grace for us. And this grace is a grace about, it's not a grace, it's when we pray in tongues, we are not trying to put in X amount of hours and then we cash it in like a subway card, right? I put in so many hours and now I get a gift from God or I activate something. We're not putting in X amount of hours in order to earn something the, the grace of praying in tongues, that gift, is what we do to take possession. It's a possessing, it's a possessing grace. It's an activation grace. Just like the angel in, in Isaiah chapter 6, he took the tongue off the altar and took the coal and placed it upon Isaiah's lips. Right? He placed it upon his lips and purified his mouth. And what you'll do is you'll find out through the entire Bible where what, what God has done, if God can get a hold of your mouth, God can change your destiny. And he purified his mouth. But right now what we do is through the gift of tongues, we have access to the tongs to take the coal off the altar and to purify our own speech. And when we pray in the spirit, when we pray in tongues, we pray out of our spirit where we are complete in him. Amen? And it causes us to receive revelation knowledge and not come up with some crazy ideas. Because if we are left to ourselves without the Holy Ghost, we are stuck on stupid. Come on, can I get a witness? Glory to God. I am. I come up with some ideas. There are things that really sound really good in here. And then when they, when they come over my lips, over my tongue, through my, they really sound dumb. They look good on paper, but in a real, reality, they don't work. And I want a gospel that works. And, G, and the Holy Spirit will give you revelation about the word of God. He will guide you into all truth so that you can apply it. He will fill you full of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. You cannot figure it out without the Holy Ghost. 
And you can be deliberate and intentional. So what we do is we talk about he gives us grace, right? And, 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 and what happens is it's kind of like this. That is a gift. The, what Marcus Wick Ministries wants to do, what we're called to do, is we're called to connect people with the supernatural God. That's what we want to do. And part of that is we got to stop treating the Holy Ghost like a power and treat him like a person and stop treating uh, tongues like a, an experience and start treating it like a gift. It is a gift that God gave you to break you out of the natural realm and cause us to step into the supernatural realm. And it is powerful, right? And I mean, there's so much. So if God can get a hold of your tongue, then what will happen? God will begin to change your life. And I'll come back to 1 Corinthians 14, but turn to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. <laughs> I'm all over the place today. But I'm, I'm, we're going to get to some scripture because really what I want to do is I want to take my time and massage this in. Okay? And right here in 1 Corinthians 13, there's a supernatural river starting in verse 1, verse 2 and 3. Now, Paul received the grace of apostleship. Amen? He was an apostle. He received a supernatural gift from God. And what did he say? He said, I have labored more than all the other apostles, yet, I, yet not I but the grace of God. He added to his grace a work ethic is what he did. And what you do is you receive the grace of tongues, and what you got to do is you got to work your grace now. You got to work the grace that God gave you. You got to identify it and begin to work it. It's kind of like this. If I went and I wanted to dig a two-acre pond that was 20 feet deep, and I gave you one of those, pla those plastic spoons back there in the kitchen. And I said, I want you to dig this pond. Two acres, 25, 25, 20 feet deep. We want a nice pond, right? Where the smallmouth bass can live. And the saw guy and the walleye and what, all those other. You know, we got to be deep. Can't be shallow, right? And we do that. How many people know that would be labor intensive? But what happens if I gave you a backhoe to dig this pond now? Well, the backhoe is like the grace of tongues. You're sitting in a place of rest. You're turning it on, and you're working the backhoe to dig the pond. I have labored more than all of they. I spent 12 hours on the backhoe, yet not I, but the backhoe did the work. I work the backhoe, and the backhoe does the work. Tongues does the work, but I need to work tongues. And how many people know you put in 12 hours, you, you put in a, a day, but you sat in a seated position and you worked the levers. Well, that's what happened. That, that apostleship, that call, that tongues, God has given you a grace and you need to work it. And just like that backhoe, tongues will do the work if you turn on the key, hallelujah, and move the levers and you're doing it from a seated position, hallelujah, and from a place of rest. In fact, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 28 says, this is the rest wherewith I will cause the weary to rest. It's the rest tongues that causes you to rest. Amen? 
All you got to do is sit there and move your mouth. Or whatever, you know, pray in your heavenly language, speak in tongues. And hallelujah. And put Jesus and put the Holy Ghost to work. All you got to do is talk. And you can do it while you're driving a car. You can do it while you're on a lawnmower. You can do it while you're washing dishes. Your natural mind is unfruitful. And you pray out of your born again spirit where you're complete. You have a supernatural language and a a, a language that taps directly into your born-again spirit where you are complete. Amen? Amen. So here in one, so he gets a hold of your mouth. Look at verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And I want to show you here, we talk about the love chapter, but there's a supernatural river, and that supernatural river begins, the headwaters of that river is tongues, our tongues. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profitably me nothing. Notice verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men of angels, it begins with tongues. If God can get a hold of your mouth, God can change your destiny. In fact, in the book of James, that tongue, the tongue is the key to controlling your body. And I'm about ready to teach a message. I haven't taught it yet, and I ain't going to teach it today. But you know that tongues, when you speak in tongues, you can break physical addiction over your body. You can break the power of pornography, alcohol, Any physical addiction that you have, you can break it through tongues by giving the Holy Spirit access to the key to controlling your body and controlling your destiny. And then we find in Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, says, say not that I am a child when he called him to be a prophet. He said, you are a prophet. I've set you over nations. In other words, I got to get you to agree with me or, I, or your confession of what you're saying out of your mouth is going to limit what I can do in your life. So when we, when we begin to yield our mouth through the gift of tongues to the Holy Spirit, we begin to experience certain things. We begin to activate certain things. It's not the only thing, but it's an essential thing. That's why when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, the first thing he does is he goes to the source of your destiny. He goes to the the headwaters of the river to change the course of your life and to activate everything that's in you in Christ, which is your tongue. First thing he does is go to your tongue. Amen? Amen. I like that. And all I got to do, he supplies the language, all I got to do is pray. Well, I don't know about that. You don't have to be legalistic about it. I don't know why people do take a grace of God and do it the most painful and implement it the most painful way they possibly can. It's like, how can I do this painful? I know. I'm going to get into my closet and pray. I got to move the bowling ball and the hockey stick out of the way, you know? Hallelujah. Praise God. Or I gotta, I, I gotta do it the most pain. I, if you are speaking in tongues and it's like getting a root canal, you're doing it wrong. It's like how can I? It's like we're bent on on being religious. It's like how can I flog myself and crawl, and crawl on broken glass while I'm praying in tongues? But you know what? You can do it in your car. You can do it wherever else. 
and 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 you gotta you, you know you need discipline. Oh my Lord, I just said something else that is not uh, really good with gray circles. Discipline, revelation, and inspiration will get you started. Discipline and consistency will get you across the finish line. You know you cannot have a rock hard chisel body like I do. If you just work out when you feel like it. Hallelujah. You got it. You got to be consistent. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah will get there someday, but you know what? Meanwhile, this is a product of I got to tell you, the Colonel Sanders. I love the Colonel Sanders and he loves me. Hallelujah. My desire, the reason I got this, my, this physique that I have is because my desire to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken outweighs my desire to lift weights and exercise. I'm just saying. The colonel and I have been spending a lot of time, more time together than Bowflex. But how many people know that if you only work out when you want, when you feel like it, you're not going to get in shape. If you only pray in tongues when you're inspired, you know what's going to happen? It ain't going to work as good and as effective for you. you gotta, you got to sit in some discipline. And you can pray back and forth to tongues. And the good thing is, now that with technology, if you're praying in tongues in your car and you pull up to a stop sign or red light and somebody looks at you like you're crazy, you just touch your ear and pretend like you're talking on Bluetooth. Wow. And then they'll think you're normal. Amen? But we begin, to, we begin to speak in tongues, and it's a gift of God, an empowering gift. And as you begin to pray in tongues, look at verse 2. And though I had the gift of prophecy, and as you begin to pray in tongues, you'll begin to operate or activate the gift of prophecy in your life. And what will happen is part of the interpretation of you praying in your spirit is there will be a revelation of the will of God so that you can speak God's will, open up the door of faith, and fulfill your destiny and your purpose. You'll begin to pray through, as you pray in tongues, you'll activate prophecy and begin to speak out through the gift of prophecy the blueprint and the intent that God has for your life. How many people, that's one of the areas that Christians struggle in all the time, is identifying the will of God for their life. But when I pray in tongues, not only will he guide me into truth, John 16, 13, but he'll show me things to come. And there will be an activation of the gift of prophecy so that I can begin to reveal, uh, receive the revelation of God's will for my life and begin to speak it and begin to fulfill my destiny and your destiny too. And what will happen is as you begin in the areas of the gifts of the Spirit, you're praying in tongues. How many know, yeah, anybody ever work in a factory? I worked in a factory. You ever have a piece of equipment and it didn't work right? And then all of a sudden you get so frustrated you start pushing buttons and flipping knobs and you make it worse than what it is because you're desperate, you're in panic mode. There's some of us, uh, when it comes to the will of God, we're in panic mode and we're trying things. Well, when I pray in tongues and there's an activation of the gift of prophecy, you know what happens? He tells I'm pushing the right button at the right time and not making the problem worse. I'm not operating out of frustration and desperation. I'm operating out of revelation. The kingdom of God is voice activated. Amen? And I pray in the unknown language so that I can pray in the, the known language to activate God's will for my life. 
and all I got to do is shun die. I don't have to come up. I don't, I don't have to do and, and I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I walk when I pray in the Spirit. I do not sit in my recliner, and I do not lay on the bed when I pray in the Spirit. Because if I do, I'm going to give God an opportunity to speak to me in dreams. It's going to go, well, Lord, you had an hour to speak to me your will, and you didn't talk, so hallelujah, I guess you had nothing to say. Amen? i got to be mobile. Because you know what? Sometimes when I pray in the Spirit, my mind is unfruitful, meaning my mind is bored. Amen? But if I'll do it, I, I pray in tongues based on revelation and not based on how I feel. I know what it's doing. Amen? And God's giving you a grace, an empowering grace, to take you out of the natural and take you into the room of the supernatural. And all you got to do is speak. And I'll say this also about tongues. The Lord told me this. It's not so much what happens when you pray in tongues. It's what doesn't happen. When you pray in tongues, you avoid situations. There's both perceived and unperceived benefits. Once if God warns you and you sidestep something, once if you're avoiding stuff, how many of you are tired of life happening to you, something bad or catastrophic, and then it takes you a year to six months to recover from it? Once if you pray in the Spirit and you avoid it altogether. Amen? So what we got is we got, uh, though I pray in tongues, I, I activate to get to prophecy. And the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's nine of them. And, and, and they go into three different categories. There's the revelation gifts, three gifts that reveal something. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning the spirits. There's gifts that do something, the power gifts, uh, miracles, gifts of healing, the gift of faith. And then there's vocal gifts, gifts that say something, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. And as you pray in tongues, you'll see an activation of the vocal gifts. It usually goes this way. This is not a hard and fast rule. The more you speak in tongues, you'll see an activation of the revelation gifts, and then you'll see an activation of the power gifts. Tongues is the gateway gift that gives us access into the other gifts. You heard about gateway drugs that get into harder stuff? Tongues is the gateway gift that opens up the door for the other gifts. Now, in the Old Testament, there was what they called the, you know, in the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of David, the temple of Solomon, temple of Herod, they had a menorah in there. Anybody familiar with the menorah? Menorah, candles, right? Anybody know how many candlesticks were on the menorah in the Old Covenant? Seven. There are nine gifts of the Spirit, right? How many gifts of the Spirit were in operation under the Old Covenant? Seven. Which two were not? Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Okay? Then all of a sudden this miracle happened called Hanukkah. Anybody familiar with Hanukkah? Hanukkah. Are, are we big Hanukkah celebrators over here? No, no, none at all? Okay, just checking. I thought maybe if anybody celebrated Hanukkah, it would be Grant. You know what I'm saying? But he doesn't. Apparently got set free. Under the Hanukkah and the Hanukkah candles, uh, menorah, how many candlesticks are there? There are nine. There are nine. But what the difference between the Hanukkah menorah 
and the Old Testament menorah is under the Hanukkah menorah. You light the first candle and you take the first one and you light the other candles, the other eight with the first one. Take it or leave it. I, be, I believe that, that it fits. It's a type and shadow of the gifts of the Spirit. God, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit lights the first gift for you and gives you the power through that first gift to light the other eight. By speaking in tongues, you'll see an activation of the gifts of the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse uh, 5. Are you learning something? And I'm just saying, you can pray in tongues. It's not the only thing, but it's an essential thing. I'm telling you, I double dog dare you to pray in tongues for 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, half an hour, and come and do it for a year and come back. And I mean, don't get legalistic. If you missed it, it's no big deal. Really, make an effort to, to stand under that shower head and get yourself wet and make an effort to stir up that fire and that gift on the inside of you and come back a year later and tell me something supernatural didn't happen, I'll point my bony finger in your face, touch your nose, and say, liar! You did not pray in tongues. I've never, ever went through a season of praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, where I did not come out with something supernatural. Never. 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 But look at verse 5. I would that you all spake with tongues... But rather you may prophesy, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh in tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. He's talking about public worship. If I just sat here and I prayed in tongues for an hour, you wouldn't be blessed because you don't know what I'm saying. So in public worship, I need to prophesy, not speak in tongues. That way you're blessed. But here's what the Greek actually reads. You ready for this? Oh, my Lord. Look at your neighbor. You're about ready to get blessed. Tell your neighbor you're about ready to get blessed. Yep, hallelujah. Come on now. Participation. Look at verse 1, verse 5. I would that you spake in tongues, but rather that you may prophesy. This is what it reads in the Greek. I would that you spake in tongues in order to prophesy. You speak in tongues in private to activate the gift of prophecy so you have something to speak in public. Tongues activates the gift gift of prophecy. Amen? And and again, it's a grace. He supplies supplies the language. All you got to do is talk. I don't know if I can do that. Oh, come on now. I see you. You got the gift of gab. All we're doing is saying, stop hooking your garden hose up to your natural man and hook the garden hose up to your spiritual man and let it fly. I know you can talk, yakety yakety yak, all day on the phone. All I'm asking you is take a portion of that yakking and yak with your supernatural language unto God so that you can receive Holy Ghost downloads. Amen? It's that easy. It's that easy. Talk about grace. Hallelujah. I can do that. I can talk, God. I talk to myself. Some of the best conversations I have in my house are to myself. With my cup of coffee, I sit in my recliner. I preach to myself a whole message. 
Even this message right here, it came from my recliner in the Holy of Holies when I was drinking a cup of coffee. And you want to talk about getting as close to being in your glorified body? Drinking a cup of coffee and speaking in tongues is about as close as you're going to get to your glorified body on this side of the resurrection. Oh, glory to God. Throw in a chicken wing from KFC and it's over, dude. We are like, glory. Hallelujah. So I activate, so I, I pray in tongues. I activate the gift, uh, uh, I activate the uh, gift of prophecy. God's will for my life. All of a sudden things start happening, setting you up. Tongues blazes the trail of God's will in front of you in advance. It goes before you. Tongues is your John the Baptist that prepares the way of the Lord for you. Tongues will go in advance and lower the mountains, fill the valleys, and make the crooked path straight and the rough ways smooth in advance. Tongues gives permission for God to go ahead of you and to prepare his way. And you just go, man, things start clicking. Tongues is greasing the skids on God's will. Hallelujah. I love it. But look at verse 2. I have, I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith. Amen? So here's what we got. Here's what we got. Oh, my Lord. Uh, let's look at mysteries. Are you guys, what time did I start? Anybody know? Nobody knows. Oh, that's good. I like that. That means I can abuse. No, I'm just saying. There is a, there's a fine line between having a long message and a hostage situation. You ever... <laughs> You ever see that? Look at verse 2. And we want to zip through these real quick. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, talking about we sp- mysteries and knowledge, okay? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, uh, uh, it says right there, he speaketh not unto men but unto God, for no man understandeth them, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. That word mystery in the Greek is this. Vines expository defini- de- uh, definition. That which is out of natural apprehension, which can only be made known by divine revelation. That which is out of natural apprehension, which can only be made known by divine revelation. Does that bless you? It's he's leading and guiding you in all truth. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and let's see if we can find some different definitions. Or we can clarify that word mystery. And we're going to stomp on the gas a little bit, okay? Look at verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And, we're, and what we're doing is we're praying stuff. God is doing an activation. God has given you an equipping gift. God wants you to treat tongues like a gift that equips you and not like an experience that you had 20 years ago to tell everybody that you're spirit-filled. Amen. Tongues in the spirit-filled believer's life is one of the most underutilized gifts that they have because they don't understand it. Look at verse 6. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Notice how many times the word speak is used here. Yet not the wisdom of this world nor the princes of this world, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Notice it uses the word wisdom and mystery interchangeably. 
You're speaking the wisdom of God so that you can walk things out. Wisdom has to do with application, taking the knowledge of God, understanding it, and being able to take the knowledge of God, put the puzzle together, and apply it. And you're walking in a way that you can apply it, and it works for you. So notice it says, the wisdom of God in a man, even the hidden wisdom. So what do you think happens when you pray these mysteries, speaking in tongues? It takes the wisdom of God out of the hidden realm and brings it out to the revealed realm. It uncovers it. It's hide and go seek. When you pray in tongues, it's, the, it's God's version of Easter egg hunting. He hid the Easter eggs in, uh, in the yard, and when you pray in tongues, he reveals where the Easter eggs are. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now. Which he ordained before the world unto our glory. He ordained it. This wisdom will cause the glory of God to manifest in your life. Which none of the princes of this world had known, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And then he gives us another, if all the definitions, wisdom, hidden wisdom doesn't do it for you, that is out of natural apprehension, which can only be made known by divine revelation. If it doesn't do it for you, verse 9's definition will do it for you. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them to love them, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Amen? So what he's saying here is what happens is when you speak in tongues, you pray the wisdom, the mystery of God, it gives you a seeing eye, a hearing ear, and an open heart. Praying in tongues will open up your eyes, open up your ears, and open up your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's some good stuff now. That's, look at verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Tongues will add a dimension of depth to the Bible. What's the first thing that happens? Everybody says, when they get filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak in tongues, the Bible became a brand new book. The Spirit of God will open up the book. The Spirit of God will break the seals so that you can see what is in the book. It adds a dimension of depth to your walk with God. Look at verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of God save the, uh, the things of man? Uh, uh, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Amen? No man. The spirit of God knows them. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. For what purpose? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. They've already been given, we just don't know it. Amen? And that's, that's the purpose of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Which also things we speak again, not in words that man's wisdom teaches, and on and on, and it talks about the mind of Christ. But I, I, I want you to remember that verse right there. That verse right there, verse 12. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Talking about praying in tongues. Talking about, you know, activating the will of God. Activating the gift of prophecy. Beginning to release a supernatural river in your life so that God, so that you can experience Christ. You have it already. 
When you get a new appliance, what do you do? You ask yourself, how do I, is it plugged in? And how do I turn it on? Well, when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you're plugged in. Now you got to flip the switch and turn it on. Amen? And it's a grace that empowers you. We got this idea that I already got it. I know I already got it. You might be a millionaire and have received a multi-million dollar inheritance and already have it, but how do I make a withdrawal? How do I activate it? How do I experience it? And the natural man will put us in a prison and separate us. We can be born again and dominated by our natural man, our five senses, and not be able to access what God has already given us. And when I pray in tongues, I break the dominion of my five senses over my born-again spirit. Amen? He's giving you a gift to turn it on. Look at verse 2. I prophesy, all mysteries, all knowledge, have all faith. Oh, my Lord, it's about to get good. So grace is a bank account. First national grace. Amen. And I've been given, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, we've been given everything that is what? That pertains to life and godliness. We've been given it all. We've been given an inheritance. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? We have an inheritance. Grace made the deposit. Faith makes the withdrawal. You understand that? Grace made the deposit. Faith makes the withdrawal. Grace, the finished work of Christ. Faith is the unfinished work of the cross that we need to do. The unfinished work of the cross is faith. Right? And maybe you can clean this up later. Hallelujah, but that's good. Some people are looking at me like, unfinished work? I didn't know there was something you got to believe in order to receive. Amen. What is the work that we must what is the work that we must do to do the works of God? You must believe on him whom the Father sent. That's the work. You must believe. There is a work that you need to do. But Jesus so, so grace made the made the deposit. Faith makes the withdrawal. But there's a step in between grace and faith. And what is it? I'm praying in tongues. All mysteries, all knowledge. Grace made the deposit. Faith makes the withdrawal. What's the step in between? When I speak in tongues, I'm praying the revelation of the bank ledger. I'm praying the bank ledger. I'm praying the bank ledger, and when I get a revelation of what, the, what is in the grace bank or my inheritance, it will activate my faith. I'm praying mysteries. I'm praying knowledge. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you listening to me? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Down, look at verse 12. Now we have received not, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might what? Know the things that are freely given to us of God. We're praying in tongues. We receive the Spirit of God to get a revelation of what we've already been given. It doesn't produce it. It reveals it. And when we get a revelation of what's been deposited in the grace bank, it activates our faith so that we can make a withdrawal. 
our eyes see, our ears hear, enters into our heart. And all you got to do, all you got to, or one of the things you got to do, just walk around. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You don't have to go full-blown Pentecost to swing from the chandeliers. You can be normal and pray in tongues. You can mow grass and pray in tongues. You can smoke grass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 But if you had an addiction to smoking grass, I wanted to tell you, pray in tongues, and the addiction will be broken, even when you're smoking the grass. Amen. Amen. That's what grace is, to help in time of need. And God will work in you both to will and do, and if you pray in tongues when you're smoking grass, the desire to smoke grass will go away, and you'll walk out free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. Faith made the, grace made the deposit. Faith makes the withdrawal. We pray the mysteries. We pray the knowledge of what's, we get a revelation of the bank ledger and activates our faith and we start, hallelujah, making a withdrawal. The Spirit of God has come, and he cries in our hearts, Abba, Father. He reveals to us that we're sons, and if we're sons, then we're joint heirs. The sonship, the revelation of sonship means we have an inheritance. And if I got an inheritance, what would you do if your dream classic car was in a garage and you found out that it was part of your inheritance? Come on now, you're going to be picking it up. You're going to gas it up, and you're going to drive it. What happens if you found out you had a multi, uh, multi-million dollar inheritance and an estate left to you? How many people know you're going to move and you're going to change your lifestyle? So when you pray in the Spirit and you find out your heavenly inheritance, it changes your life. And God says you can't get there from here being in the natural man, so I'm going to get you a way to get there called the called praying in tongues that gives you direct access to your born again spirit, so you can pray my will, my will, my revelation, pray out of the part of you that's complete, hallelujah, and get some answers. We're about done. Turn to First Corinthians. Uh, turn down to verse eight. Are you learning something? Come on, now. it's a grace. Don't be painful about it. Why are you making it into doing the most legalistic, painful thing you can do? Do it. Have some fun with it. Walk around in Walmart and make them sound like you're, act like you're a foreign person from France or something. They'll never know. You know, afflict. You know, have some fun with it. Well, I'm disrespecting God. No, you're not. You're disrespecting God by chasing, treating it like an experience instead of treating it like it's a gift. Amen. Look at verse 8. Charity never faileth, for uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecy, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, uh, uh, where there be tongues, they shall fail, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So what we got is we got, we got uh, uh, these things are going to vanish away. Notice here in verse 8, how many things are listed in verse 8? Prophecy, one. We're going to do math real quick. We're getting ready to land. Hang in here with me because I'm about ready to back up a dump truck on you and give you a heavy revy. All right? Prophecy, tongues, 
knowledge. How many things are listed in verse 8? Three. Amen. Boy Scouts. Hallelujah. Three. Look at verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. How many things are listed in verse 9? Two. And what are they? Knowledge and prophecy. Right? You got it? Which one is not listed under the part category? Tongues. So we have, we know in part and we prophesy in part, but we don't speak in tongues in part. Look at verse 10. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. In other words, what he's saying here is tongues doesn't fall under the part category. Tongues falls under the perfect category. So when you come to the, the, what it says is we know in part, prophesy in part, knowledge has to do with the end of your revelation of the word of God. Your personal revelation of uh, uh, of God. You come to a situation in life where you're at the end of your knowledge of the will of God. There's something that you need to know about the Word of God that you don't know, and you're stuck. And prophecy has to do with the will of God. You've come to your end of the knowledge of the Word of God and the will of God. God supplied a supernatural language for you where you can go and pray the parts that you don't know and access the knowledge of God about his word and his will that you don't currently possess, you can bypass it and pray out of a place of perfection. This table, or this little bottle here, this little circle here on this table represents my current knowledge of the will of God and the the word of God and the will of God. All of a sudden, I'm facing, and this whole table here represents all the knowledge of God's will in his word. When I pray in my understanding, I can only pray out of this part. But there's sometimes I'm facing something in life that the solution is in the part I currently don't know. What happens is when I pray in tongues, he gives me access to the parts of the word and the will of God that I do not currently possess. It's my easy button. I don't know how to do it. As a contractor, somebody asks me sometimes, you know how to do this? You know how to put in this sink? Give me a minute. I go to YouTube. I do now. Do you know how to do such and such? I Google it. I do now. Well, guess what? Praying in tongues is my Google. Praying in tongues is my YouTube video. And guess what? I end up accessing the parts that I don't have. You're going to come to a time in your life where you're going to come to the end of your knowledge of the Word of God and your end of your knowledge of the will of God, and you need to be able to access the parts that you don't have, and God has supplied you a supernatural grace that gives you access to the parts you don't have. And it looks like wisdom, understanding, revelation, knowledge, where God starts turning it on. I'm like, God, oh, Lord Jesus, can you help me? Can you help me? Lord, I've been in a funk for over a year, the COVID funk. How many ever been in the COVID funk? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, remember when COVID began? I ate all the snacks and took five naps and it's still today. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? I can't eat any more snacks. But yeah, I started getting in a funk. And I'm like, what is going on? I got the world by the tail. I got opportunities to travel and to minister and, and to do things for the kingdom of God. I'm in a funk. And I don't know what it is. So I'm thinking, it's time to do spiritual warfare. 
You know what I'm saying? I bind you in the name of Jesus, you foul devil, the funk devil in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm, bi- I'm binding, I'm loosening, the funk's not leaving. I'm doing spiritual, I'm doing genuine, full-blown spiritual warfare, brother. I'm getting after it. And I said, I, and, and that funk is not lifting off of me. I'm going, God, what's going on? What's going on? Where, what is the source of this funk? I have no motivation. You know what I'm going to do? I said, I am smart enough to know I don't know what's going on, but the Holy Ghost does. So I'm going to start praying in tongues. And the Holy Ghost will give me a download and tell me what's going on, and we're going to get this. If it's a devil, I'm going to bind the devil. If it's some, uh, some other, I, I don't know what it's going, but, you know, I'm losing my motivation, uh, uh, my desire, my passion. Where is it going? And I got the world by the tail. I'm ready to preach. I'm preaching. We're doing conferences with Andrew Walmack, Mario Murillo, and Lance Walnow. I got the world by the tail. And I, I'm, my heart's established in grace. I am positioned to succeed and to bear much fruit in the kingdom of God. But I have no motivation. So I start praying in tongues. I go two hours. I really got zealous. I thought, I'm going to go six hours a day. And I have prayed six and four hours a day for the next ten days because I had time on my calendar. But what happened was I started walking and, man, I got winded. And I only did two hours. I did. I, I was really zealous, but I did two. First, I prayed two hours in the spirit. I get in my car. I'm going down the hill, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, it's not a devil. I go, what? He goes, it's not a devil. He goes, you know why you've lost your motivation? I said, why? He goes, it's physical. You're not exercising, and that's why you're in this funk. And if you'll start exercising, the funk will go away. I'm binding devils, and the Lord is telling me I need to do some setups. And I went, and I started walking. I started walking, and I got really after it. Ten, I did, I did three sets of ten push-ups and three sets of ten set-ups. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. Lord, I'm coming right now. I'm coming to meet you in the glory call. But what I'm trying to say is your perception of what is wrong is often not right. And when I begin to exercise... The funk lifted off of me. My motivation was coming. It returned, and I was like, I would have never connected the two. But there's solutions that God has. There's answers that God has, and you can tap into the wisdom of God by praying in the Spirit and believing that God is going to flood your mind and your heart with Hallelujah, the hidden wisdom of God that you need for your situation and take what is general and what is vague and make it surgical. And you'll start operating in faith, motivated by revelation instead of operating out of desperation and frustration. Trying things, hoping that you're going to get a result. And I didn't even go to Romans chapter 8 where he knows, he, he searches the heart's knows what is the mind of the Spirit, and he makes intercession. He prays for you, the will of God. You know what that's called? That's called Holy Ghost GPS. GPS, you got to locate where you're at, locate where you want to go, and plot a course. He knows where you're at, where you need to go, and he knows the shortest way to get you there. And he does it through intercession. 
And then in case you've been trying to implement the will of God and you messed up and said, you know, some of you, you feel like you're on your third or your fourth. Yeah, I've, I have messed my life up so much that I'm, i got to be on plan 25. There's not enough letters in the alphabet for me. Then he says, then the next verse he says, not only will he make intercession according to the will of God, but for we know that all things work together for good to them that love him, to them that are called according to his purpose. God is able to take the plan, the enemy, the shortcomings, the faults, and weave it into your life that it looks like it was part of the original plan. That one verse about the will of is God's GPS. The next verse is, let me tell you what it is. You know what it is? The verse about God working all things together for your good. It's Bob Ross. It's Bob Ross. You ever see Bob Ross on PBS? Anybody know who Bob Ross is? The guy, the white guy with the uh, af, you know, the white man with the afro, and he paints, and he's painting. Then all of a sudden, his brush accidentally touches a canvas where he didn't mean to touch it. He doesn't go, "Oh my Lord, it's over! It's ruined! This masterpiece of mine is ruined! I'm going to throw it in the trash can." No, he goes, "Oh, we made a mistake, but don't worry, it's a happy little mistake." He goes, it's a happy little mistake. We'll make a happy little cloud, happy little tree, happy little brook. And when Bob Ross gets done, it looks like, it looks like the mistake he made was part of the original picture. God can take the mistakes that you made and make it look like he's so good at taking the bad and working it together for your good, it looks like it was part of the original plan. You might have took the scenic route, but you're still going to get there. And your painting might look like a Picasso, hallelujah, but it will be a masterpiece. And all you got to do is let God do it. Come on, let God do it. Let God do it. Let God do it. Yield yourself. Let him pray the will of God. Let him work. Let the master go to work. All he requires is your tongue. Give him permission, his power, his ability, his strength, his wisdom. All he needs is your mouth. And I want to tell you something. And we didn't even get to the other ones about giving all my goods and, and, and giving my body. He works in you to where everything in your life becomes a seed. Everything in your life becomes a gift. Hallelujah. And you start investing it in eternal things. He works that in you. And then he goes to the next level where you become the gift. Amen? And God wants to work it in you. And it's a grace. It's a grace. It's a grace. It's a grace of God. And right now, God wants to do more in your life than you've ever experienced before. And, you, and through praying in tongues, you give God permission. And just begin to, just begin to do it. And it ain't going to be spectacular all the time. But there are going to be times that you're going to have manifestations and breakthroughs and just begin. Do it more than you've ever done. How many people here are going to pray in tongues more than you, than you have? Amen. Do it, man. I double dog dare you and see what God does. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you and we worship you. And Father God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us who 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 took on Jesus' ministry to the believer in the earth. Our Jesus on the earth is the Holy Spirit. We ask him, and, and the Holy Spirit's here to do life with us.
The Holy Spirit's down. He's here to do life with us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Father God, we thank you that tongues, for the grace and the gift of tongues, that it's not just a, it's not just an experience, but it is something that is, is here to empower us that we might know freely the things that that we might know the things that have already been freely given to us. I pray right now for supernatural wisdom, supernatural insight in Jesus' mighty name. Just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord. We want to give the Lord just a little bit of time to see what he wants to do. Give the Holy Spirit a little bit of time to, to say what he wants to say. Hallelujah. And, you know, I just really see Jeremiah with you. I'm going to use I'm going to use some words um, that the Holy Spirit spoke to me earlier today for you. The words I'm going to use is structure, foundation, and building something. And I see you like uh, like in the Temple of Jerusalem where it said that not one stone would be upon another. And I see all these components and these stones laying everywhere. And the Lord is saying that he has given you a grace to bring structure, foundation, and leadership within this grace movement. And God is, and I know I've said variations of this before, but God wants you to hear it again. There is a greater leadership role and mantle on your life that you need to take. And you have been enjoying grace, basing in grace, loving grace, but the Lord is wanting to add some structure, some foundation. But these structures are going to serve God and serve the people and not limit the people in the name of Jesus. And there is a greater leadership role, hallelujah, that the Lord is wanting you to take and wanting you to step into. And, you know, I hear structure, I hear foundation, I hear guidance. And people need guidance within this movement. And God is wanting your voice. God is wanting your voice to carry authority and to carry weight and carry influence. And God has given you authority and God has given you influence. And God is giving and, and, and God wants you to hallelujah. Instead of just letting the ship float wherever it will, it's time to have a little bit more direction and purpose in what God is doing. And God is saying that to you, not, not as a criticism, but God is wanting. Uh, there's going to be a greater impartation, a greater impartation into people when these things begin to happen. And you're going to see more fruitfulness. And you're going to be see, you're going to see more, um, it's going to be more deliberate, more intentional, and you're going to see more fruit in people's lives. There are people that are wanting leadership in within the grace circles. And there is a void of people taking the leadership role, and you need to step into it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that, Father, we thank you that, as, the, as you said in your word, as Paul said to Timothy, consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding. I believe that, Father God, you're going you're gonna to show, hallelujah, you're going to show Jeremiah what that looks like and how to step into it. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. And I understand coming out of legalism where everything was structured. Every, I mean, everything was structured. Everything was controlled. Everything was manipulated. We're not talking about that. But what happens is a lot of times we come out of a system and we won't do certain things or go certain places because of a reaction to something, to an abuse. 
And what we need to do is we need to, we, we need, just because it, it was done wrong doesn't mean we need to reject it. And I really believe that. I really believe that. I'll say it and I'll keep on saying it again and again and again. There is something apostolic about you and you need to take the mantle and, 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 and direct people and steer people. There are some people that are stuck in stupid and they need to be lovingly come out of stupid. And there are some people that need to grow up. And there are some people that, uh, that, 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 need to, uh, uh, that need to dial in their assignment, so to speak. And they need help. They can't do it by themselves. And, and God is saying you need to step into that leadership role in the name of Jesus. Father, that is good stuff. Amen. Father, we just worship you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This lady right here in the name of Jesus. I see you, and I see you in an old uh, steel car that's rusty, like one of those toy cars that you pedaled. And, I, and I'm, it's almost comical because you're like a full-grown adult and you're in it. And the Lord's saying, there are things that you have outgrown in the name of Jesus that have taken a lot of effort. And what the Lord is saying, you know, like the pedaling, you're, you're like an adult in one of those kids' things, you've outgrown. And the Lord is saying right now, and it's, it's taken a lot of effort. And what the Lord is going to do is God is going to show you, and it's like you... But you haven't known how to do things any other way. God is going to show you something brand new. And God is going to cause you to be free from the things that you have outgrown, hallelujah, that are taking tremendous effort and not getting you anywhere in the name of Jesus. God is going to give you fresh revelation. God is going to give you fresh insight. And the things that you have outgrown, the season, it's like you're stuck in a season. And God is saying seasons are about to change right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Lord's saying, I will restore to you the years that the canker worm and the locusts have eaten, and I'm going to bring you up to speed. You've been stuck in a season. You've been stuck in a season, and you've been stuck in a time and an era in your life of things that you have outgrown that are just no longer convenient in the name of Jesus. And God is changing that season in your life right now in the name of Jesus. And, 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 and the way you've done things, the way you thought, your perspective is about to change in the name of Jesus. Mark this day down on the calendar. There is a supernatural change of seasons going to happen right now. Hallelujah. I see it with you. In your